You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Remain standing as I read one verse of scripture coming from Isaiah, Isaiah the sixth chapter and verse eight, Isaiah six and verse eight, and it reads, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here I am, send me. You may be seated. Isaiah 6 and 8 is a reference to Isaiah's call, but also from a theological standpoint, it is also believed this is a prophetic revelation of a conversation in heaven about the plight of man knowing that he was going to fall and the pre-creation plan of God for salvation. So not only is this a reference to Isaiah, it's also believed this is a reference to Jesus telling the Father. When he said, who's going to go for us? Who's going to represent us? Who's going to represent me on the earth? Response of Jesus in spirit form before he became in bodily form in the form of that baby born in the manger was here I am, send me. There was a question and there was a response. And so the subject of today's message is the Christmas call and response. The Christmas call and response. In the African-American church, in the African-American church tradition, we've carried forth a musical style from our African roots. A lot of people don't realize where it comes from. Anthems weren't part of the African roots. Um, uh, uh, the classical themes were not part of our roots. But this call and response musical style was from our African roots. And it's referred to as just that, call and response. In call and response singing, there's a statement or question quickly followed by an answering statement. So from that call and response tradition, we have songs like, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. with Jesus. He's alright. Oh, what's the matter with Jesus? He's alright. Tell me what's the matter with Jesus. He's alright. Tell me what's the matter with Jesus. He's alright. All right, for y'all go in too much. Some, some, somebody I'm starting to book. Oh, yeah. Just part of my introduction. So for those who don't know, that's called call and response. 
call and response. Some of our traditions slowed it down a little bit, uh, and they would do things like, Father. Them concrete with high stretch. Stretch my head to thee. My. See, they don't, they don't even know that. To, to thee. thee. All right. Okay. And so one would start and the other would respond. One would start, the preacher would respond, the devotional leader would, would start, and that's called call and response. And likewise, the entire Christmas story and biblical account surrounding the birth of Jesus involved call and response. God initiated an action. God initiated a statement. God initiated a question that demanded a human response. The text says, and I heard a voice, the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? That's the call. The response is, here I am, send me. And in the Christmas story, in the events around the birth of Jesus, it involved people who heard God's call and then responded to God's voice. There were voices, there were calls, there were visitations, there were encounters, and then there were responses. Each required an appropriate response of faith. One of the most famous call and response, we hadn't thought of it in that terms, was Mary's call. It was recorded in Luke, the first chapter, 26 through 28. It's the sixth month, and the angel Gabriel, who is known as the messenger angel. There are three known named angels, okay? There was, there originally was Lucifer, who was the worship angel. There was, there was Gabriel, who was the messenger angel. We see him appearing several times in the Christmas story. And there was Michael, who was the warrior angel. Look at your neighbor and say, don't make Michael show up. If Michael shows up, something about to go down. Michael showed up to bring reinforcements in spiritual warfare. And here the angel Gabriel is sent by God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth. And he's sent to this virgin who is betrothed, engaged, and it's, it's almost minimized it to simply say they were engaged. They were betrothed, which was as, in their culture as much as being married as it was the actual ceremony. It's on that premise that people to this day can still, some of y'all don't, maybe I shouldn't say nothing because it may start some lawsuits here. People can still sue when someone has made a promise to them and there's been financial investment and all that and then back out because it was considered a serious thing to be betrothed to a man. It wasn't just like, I changed my mind, okay? And she was betrothed, engaged, engaged to this man named Joseph who was the house of David who was, came through the line of David because it was prophesied that Jesus would come down through the line of David. He came through 42 generations and Mary was also from the lineage of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and, and the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Our Catholic brothers and sisters have come up with a prayer. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at our birth. Amen. How do I know that? I'm not, I went to Catholic school. There's some Catholics, they don't know nothing else, but they know how to do that. Okay? Many of them think because they just repeat words, a blessing comes. Prayer doesn't work unless you believe. And it's a conversation, not just a ritual. And when Mary saw this angel, she was troubled at his saying, considering what, you know, hell, he, he, uh, he says to her, rejoice, you're highly favored. Well, well, her question, well, what, what does that mean? In what way am I highly favored? And he said, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth. Verse 31, y'all, let me stop. Verse 31 is the plan. He tells her God's plan. This is the plan. This is what God wants to do. You, he wants you to, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. His name is going to be Jesus. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give on him the throne. He's going to sit on the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary has a question of procedure. Not it's not a question of doubt. It's a question, can you give me more details? And the details, she wonders, how is this going to be since I have not been with a man? I'm a virgin. And he said unto her, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. I like the, the old tradition, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and the power of the high is going to overshadow you. Therefore, that Holy One that's going to be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And even your... Your cousin Elizabeth, in her old age, God's not just working for you, but he's working over there too. Come on now. As, as favored as you are, somebody else is experiencing the favor of God too. And, and even in her old age, she is now six months pregnant, who was called barren. Because with God, nothing is impossible. And in Mary's immediate response, that was the call to be the virgin mother of Jesus was the call. And her response is verse 38. She responded and said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. I'm your handmaiden. Be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed. And so there's a call that was demanding a response. Now, Mary had a choice. She could have said, no, I don't. I don't think I want to do this. Because the truth of the matter is, y'all, let's be real. This is too much to explain. I, one, of the, one of the principles I live by in life is I try to stay away from things that's too much to explain. I even made a decision even about people. Some things I just can't, it's just too much to explain because then I got to go into all these details with you that is just too much to explain. I just rather avoid it. Okay, I try to stay away from questionable things, questionable people. Some subjects too. This was a too much to explain kind of situation. Now let's just say, as some think that she may have been four, between the age of fourteen and sixteen, I got to go tell my mom and daddy about. Well, mama, I'm pregnant, but I'm, I've, been, I, I've been a good girl. I ain't done nothing. Girl, you think we crazy? You was good up to this point until you come and decide that lie right in our face. This is a lie. 
But she says, I'll be your handmaiden. Sometimes God calls us to things, y'all, that's not easy. Now, we don't like to hear that today because we just want everything to be easy. We don't want to take up our cross and follow him. Sometimes God calls us to do stuff that's hard. Sometimes God calls us to do things that other people are not going to understand. Some things, sometimes God calls us to do things to, that people are not going to understand and you cannot explain to natural people. But Mary said, be it unto me. Her response was a response of faith. Mary's words from God required a response of faith. I believe God. It was a response of trust. God, here's, here's the trust factor. God knows what he's doing with my life. Can you say that with me? Say, God knows what he's, do, that, what he's doing with my life. Okay, I got that in my early 20s when I didn't understand certain things. And God would tell me to do this and that. I don't understand that. And, and the word that the Lord gave me is that he knows what he's doing with my life. So I started letting that be part of my confession. God knows what he's doing with my life. And later I got better language for it. And this is, is this. God is not mismanaging my life. Say that. Say, God is not mismanaging my life. Because sometimes you're in the will of God, and God, this don't make any sense. I don't see how we can get there from here. Why are we going this way? You know, the children of Israel came out of Egypt to go to the promised land, and they didn't go in a lineal path. God took them the hard way. If they had a GPS, somebody would say, uh, excuse me, Moses. That's going to be harder, harder terrain, and we're going to go over the mountain and through the hills. We can go this way. And, and God didn't tell them why he wasn't taking them that way. And he said, because God knew that there's going to be more war if they went the direct way, and they weren't ready to fight like that. Somebody say, God is not mismanaging my life. And so Mary had to trust that God wasn't mismanaging her life. The third thing Mary's response demanded was courage. Willing to face what people are going to say. Willing to face the fact that because you are favored, that automatically brings enemies. And she wasn't just favored. The angel said, you are what? Highly favored. That means you're going to stick out. And anytime you stick out, I know we confess the favor of God and we confess we're highly favored. Oh, let me, let me explain something. If you are highly favored, you are raised up above the rest and it makes you an easy target. Anytime you stand above the rest, it makes you an easy target. Don't confess that I'm highly favored or claim being highly favored if you are afraid of being a target. People will attack you because they see you standing out. Oh my God. That wasn't in my notes. That was from the Holy Ghost for somebody. Secondly, we see Joseph's call and response. And Joseph, y'all, was trying to minimize the drama. Married and created this drama with somebody that he don't know. And Joseph is trying to minimize the drama. Matthew 1, 18 to 25. He said, it gives us more details that the birth of Jesus was as follows. And after, after Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, before they were married, and before they had been physically intimate, she was found with child. 
Okay. All Joseph knows is she is found with child. Next part says of the Holy Ghost. He don't know nothing about no Holy Ghost. All I know, you found with child. This is too much to explain. And because he's a just man, a good man, he didn't kill her. He didn't hit her. He didn't beat her. He didn't go around telling all his friends about what a low-down, disloyal thought she is. Those is the thought that was for the young people. If you're too old to know what a thought is, then that's all right. You don't need to know what a thought is. Okay? He didn't do any of that. He didn't call her names. And he didn't, the Bible doesn't even say he tells other people about it. And notice verse 19 calls her her husband. Calls him her husband. Joseph, her husband, he was a just man. He was a good man. He wanted to do right by her. And not wanting to make her a public example. Not wanting to put her business in the streets. <laughs> Not wanting to minimize her good name. He was minded to put her away privately because first, now watch this. Uh, uh, so he, he, he could have just said, okay, well, 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 uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to divorce you. We're going to call this off. I'm going to tell everybody why. He didn't do any of that. He wanted her to keep her good name, and he was minded, we're going to break this off where everybody's not going to know about it, and I'll just disappear. You disappear. Where Joseph, I don't know. He was minded to put her away secretly or, or to cut this off. But while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, also son of David, don't you be afraid to take Mary for your wife because the child which she is conceived is of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure she told him, I, I don't know, this is the Holy Ghost. And he thought, woman, you think I'm crazy? I thought you were more loyal than that. I thought you were more, I thought you were a holy, I thought you were a nice girl. And now you're trying to tell me some Holy Ghost? Has impregnated you? And so the, 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 the voice, the dream says, that yes, the child really is from the Holy Spirit, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she's going to bring forth a son. And you, the father's responsibility, the father chooses the name. I know y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all allow some of y'all don't think fathers should do anything today but buy pampers. But there's a role for fathers that's undeniable. Okay? And I know you don't always understand our role. I know sometimes we're too hard. Okay? And so, and, and, and most, and most men today, especially African American men, have been overmothered and underfathered. Overmothered, underfathered. Because you want to sit around and play video games all day. Go get a job. No, this is going to be my job. I'm going to be a gamer. Don't know how to do nothing. Don't know how to fix nothing. Don't even know the lawnmower is. Let me stay on track here. This is Christmas. This Christmas. Okay. And so, 
He says, you're going to call his name Jesus, the father's role to give names. And he's going to save his people from the sin. And all this was done so it can be fulfilled what God has spoken by the prophet, saying, behold, a virgin shall conceive a child. And she's going to bear a son. He's going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph arose out of the sleep and did as the angel commanded him and took her to be his wife, went through with the promise. And for all my Catholic brothers and sisters, verse 25 is in the Bible. He did not know her till, unto, until. No means become sexually intimate with her until she brought forth her firstborn son. Now, for those who are pregnant today, you don't have to wait that long. Just they're trying to help some fathers out here. The Bible says that until she had, no, we, that, that was Mary. We're just trying to help some. Any pregnant sisters in here who married? Uh, I just don't know. Uh, any, any, any pregnant sisters? I'm trying to help the husbands out. Because don't be trying to use no scripture. This was in Jesus' case. She did not know, he did not become physically intimate with her until she brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his role to give him his name, give him his nature, to shape his destiny. He called his name Jesus. Okay? And the reason why I point out, okay, I'm trying to get some clarity here. The reason why I point out Catholic brothers is because Catholic tradition teaches that Mary remained a virgin all her life. They are still praying to the Blessed Virgin. My question is, what did Joseph do to deserve this? <laughs> Married a woman, and you better not ever sleep with her. Good Lord. That's what Catholics teach. That she, they call her the holy, the blessed virgin. To this day, she's going to be a virgin. That's why we hear nothing about Joseph. Joseph, I'd just rather kill myself. <laughs> but Bob said he knew her not and as a matter of fact later on we see and Jesus brothers and sisters even given names there were other children that were born after Jesus was born okay so later later Joseph so Joseph had to respond to this call to go ahead and marry her he wasn't forced to do it his will had to be involved when God calls our will has to be involved Okay, we, we, we used to sing a song that said, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I will agree. And my answer will be yes. There's a call, but there's a response. And later, Joseph had to hear and respond again in Matthew, the second chapter. Now, after Herod hears that there is a baby who has been born in Bethlehem, he now sets out an edict to have all the children two and under to be killed. And when they departed, he, the, the Spirit of the Lord tells him to go down to Egypt. He goes to Egypt, and he's in Egypt for a couple years. And when they had departed, uh, Matthew 2, verse 13, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and said, Arise, take the child and his mother, go down to Egypt, and stay there until I give you word again. So I want you to understand, sometimes faith is going to require you just obeying this word. Well, I have no plans in Egypt. How long am I supposed to be in Egypt? Until I tell you to leave Egypt. 
until you hear differently, the last order stand. And sometimes we don't obey God and respond because we want all the details at one time. That's not how faith works. You trust your GPS system better than that. You just, you just trust that it say turn right. You don't know if you're in the hood. You don't know where you're going. You, you, you don't put it in your GPS and lead us not into temptation and lead us not through the hood. No, you just, you just follow where it go and you be riding and then you know the neighborhood changed. Look at those nice houses. Then all of a sudden, whoa. That happened to me one time, y'all. I, I, was there, I had no idea. You know, I, I used to go to Charleston and just go to the tourist area. And I went down there for a tennis tournament. I stayed way at the other side of town at this, at this Airbnb. And then I wanted to go to my tourist area. And I just, I just got on the GPS. I said, whoa. Whoa, Jesus. I had no idea. For all you folks from Charleston. Okay? But we have, he had to trust God. Go there. Stay until I tell you. Herod is going to seek to destroy the child. And so... Joseph hears a call, and he has to respond. The third, a third call and response was Zacharias. Around the story of Jesus being born and God telling, the angel telling Mary that her cousin, who's married to Zacharias, the priest, is also going to have a child in her old age. So now we back that story up, and we deal with the father in that situation. This is not a virgin birth. This is an old birth. Okay? Joseph, uh, I mean, Zacharias wasn't worried about anything. I mean, at this point, I mean, we ain't have no baby. If we were going to have a baby, we would have had a baby years ago. And now an angel appears to him. Zacharias, he is a call. He has to give a response. He got a call, but this, he did not respond correctly. He got a call, but he did, you know, God can give you a call, and you wouldn't always respond correctly. And then we got to pray, God, have mercy, give me another chance. Come on, anybody ever ask God, give me another chance? God, if you ask me to do this again, I'm, I'm going to get it right. You, you know, years ago, some of you heard me tell this story. Years ago, I was in this thing. Everything had to be debt-free. I was a teacher. Everybody told me debt-free, debt-free, debt-free. And then they were giving us the headlines. I later found out they all had debt. They got it paid off. But by the time they tell us, you ought to be debt-free, you ought to be debt-free. So they didn't tell us they used to be in debt. And they got out. Okay, and so I was in this thing, and I, I, I had my dream car. Y'all still got that car? Okay, what year is that car? A 1996 Jaguar. This is around the, this is in the late, late, 19, late 1990s. And I had seen this car, it was my dream car, and, 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 I, and I saw this car I was, uh, over on Bush River Road. We're leaving our, our Wednesday night Bible study down at 3801 River Drive, and I saw this car, and I, I'm, I'm going to claim that car. And, and some of you heard me tell a story, and I got out, it was night, around 9, nine o'clock. It was dark, little car light, wasn't a big car light, little car light. And I said, I'm going to march around this car like the walls of Jericho. I call this car mine. And people, and people riding by, man. Because you know, you probably think I'm trying to steal a car or something. And I call this car debt free. I call it, and I, every time I ride by, I believe I would come by at night and lay my hands on the car. I call this car in my life debt free. One day I went by, the car was gone. I said, Oh Lord. Somebody bought or stole or something in my car. I got in the paper, paper back then, paper. I, and I started looking, and I saw this car described. 
at Dick Dye Mercedes. I said, that sounds like the same car. And I went by there. It was the same exact car. The Lord gave me another chance. And I took the money that I had. I said, this car, I'm buying this car. It will be debt free when I make the last payment. God gave me another chance. Look, somebody said, he'll give you another chance. He'll give you another chance. I paid that car off in a year or so. Right after I paid off, the Lord told me to take my dream car and give it to the parents. And they still got the car. Praise the Lord. Okay? But God gave Zacharias, he, he, he tells him, you're going to have a child. You're going to call his name John. And he asked a question, not like Mary. He didn't say, how are you going to do this? He said, how am I going to know this? How do I know that this is true is what he was saying. He said, because I'm an old man and my wife is old too, as if he never heard of Abraham. And the angel said to him, Luke 1, 18 through 20, I am Abraham who stands in the presence of God. I speak for God. I'm representing God. I'm not just here because I don't have anything to do. The Lord sent me to give you this word. And I was sent to speak to you and sent to bring you these good, this good news. And behold, I tell you what, all right, so um, you're going to be mute. You're not going to be able to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Well, this is going to be proof. You're going to know I'm real when you can't speak. And not until Zacharias gave the appropriate response that agreed with God and agreed with what God said was his tongue loosed. Imagine that. What, 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 what if God did that? God's just not going to let you speak until you agree with the word. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.